2: welcome home. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences.
1: Welcome to the Fairytale Mysteries radio show. Classic tales told in a whole new way. Featuring Detective Betsy Hardup, the toughest private eye in fairy Tale City. When fairy tale and nursery rhyme characters can't take their problems to the police, they come to her.
3: There is a fog rolling in on the city You feel a shiver of
4: day to blow it on the breeze, and the stories that it tells aren't pretty, they're gritty. No pretty but witty. They're the fairy tale mysteries.
1: Betsy's last case has seen her put the big bad wolf behind bars at last. With the help of her new sidekick, Pinocchio, Betsy had been able to lead the wolf into the handcuffs of Officer Croissant and Crumpet. It was the result of a professional partnership with her ex-husband, Ivan Charming, which just might lead to a warmer relationship between the two. Right now, Betsy is in her office where she's relaxing as we begin this episode, All That Glitters, Part One.
5: It was another perfect day in Fairy Tale City and my schedule had nothing on it beyond enjoying a cup of joe and reading the paper. I was basking in the glow of the successful closure of another case. My horoscope promised a productive day, and I had just finished the funny papers. That little Abner cracked me up, and I'd always been a big fan of Dick Tracy. Not sure why. As I put the paper down, I saw an article from my buddy, J.W. Grimm. I could hear his voice in my head as I read the headline.
1: Trouble is brewing in Tale City.
6: Police responded to a call this morning at the home of local citizen Papa Bear. It appears that a burglar broke into his home, ransacked it, and made off with a large sum of money. Police have a suspect in custody. Story continues on page three. J.W. Grimm reporting.
5: Holy smokes. I mean, uh, holy smokes. I suppose I had hoped getting Big Bad into custody would mean a drop in the crime rate. But it looks like crime, like nature, hates a vacuum. Rats. There goes my quiet morning. Hello? Betsy Hardup, private dick. Hello, Goldilocks. You say you've been arrested for breaking into Papa Bear's house? So your story is that you've been framed and you want to hire me to look for the real perpetrator? Of course, Goldilocks. I'd be willing to meet with you to discuss the details. You're in custody. Uh, sure, I can come down to the police station. I'd be there in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Just to figure his speech. I'll be there in 20. So the main suspect in the Papa Bear case wanted to hire me. I wonder how she got my number. Goldilocks, huh? I hoped it wasn't another blonde femme fatale. I'd had enough of those to last a lifetime. I typed up a copy of my standard contract, took a last sip of my coffee, and headed out the door. I arrived at the station, and who should I see but my buddy croissant? And
7: crumpet. Ah, good morning, Madame Petsy. To what do we owe this honor?
5: Got a call from your newest guest, Goldilocks. She has, uh, <clears throat> engaged my services.
7: So you are the one she called.
4: I don't know how she thinks you can help. We caught her dead to rights, with the money in her hot
5: little hands.
7: Her fingerprints were all over the house, and we have an eyewitness who places her at the scene.
5: Sounds like you got the case locked up tight as a vault. Yet she claims she was set up. That's what they all say. That's the
4: God's honest. You talk to anyone in jail, and they have no idea how they got there. We can give you fifteen minutes. Follow me.
5: Say, where's Puss in Boots? Wasn't he on interview room duty? That's Officer Puss in Boots to you?
7: He's taking some personnel time to go to London. Something about visiting the Queen.
4: Apparently there's a mouse problem in the
5: palace. Right this way. Thanks. Oh, uh, croissant, you got a little something sparkling on your sleeve, like a sequin or something. Let me get that for you. Huh. It's really stuck on there.
7: Merci, Madame Betsy. A consequence of fighting crime in Fairytale City, I suppose. Pixie dust and sparkles are everywhere.
5: I wiped the glitter on a tissue and threw it into the trash. Then followed the cops into the interrogation room to meet my client.
4: Oi, Goldie, you got company.
5: My client was turned towards the back wall. I could see that she had long blonde hair and was a full-figured gal. Her outfit was by Dior and probably cost more than my annual rent. Thank goodness you're here. I need your help. There was something familiar about that voice, but I couldn't place it. Where had I heard it before?
8: I just had no one else to turn to, and then I
5: remembered your two-bit detective agency. The insult jogged my memory. All of a sudden, I recognized the voice, but it didn't make any sense. Why would she, of all people, be asking me for help? When I left that house, I made it clear that I would never have anything to do with any of them ever again. Then she turned around.
8: And here you are. I knew you would want to help. After all, you are my sister. Sort of. Drizella? Is that you? What's with the Goldilocks moniker? I decided to use my middle name. It's more glamorous. Look, Ella, Mother has already refused to help, and Anna is out of the country. You're all I have left for all the good you'll do.
5: Typical. You need my help, but you still put me down. Not much has changed. Apart from my name, I mean. It's Betsy. But I have changed. Honest. Look, I
8: know we didn't treat you well, but that was a long time ago. I was a teenager, and I was jealous and defensive. And besides, everyone is mean to step-siblings. It's a rule, you know? It's just that you were so capable and talented, you could get a fire going so fast, you talked to small woodland creatures, and you had a fairy godmother. Talk about an unfair advantage. The final insult was when you swept in and stole Prince Ivan from me. But I'm over that now. Besides, I've met someone new. So why don't you ask him for help? It's his family. They don't want us to be together. They don't think I'm
5: suitable. Sounds familiar. Looks like the shoe is on the other foot now. How ironic. (laughs) Shoe, huh? That really is ironic. I forgot that under that dumb bunny cover, you're actually pretty sharp. Maybe I'll let you figure your own way out of this. No, please. Just hear me out. I'm sorry I hate you. As an apology, it wasn't much, but my morning was already ruined, so I gritted my teeth and sat back down. I was visiting my new boyfriend, Baby Bear. Papa Bear's boy? That's him.
8: Anyway, he made me a healthy porridge breakfast, and the next thing I know, I'm face down on the floor, and the police are putting cuffs on me. They said I had broken into the bear's home and stolen a hundred grand. What, cash money? Uh Uh-huh. They showed me the bag of bills that they found, but the really
5: odd thing is, Ella, I don't remember any of it. Sure you don't. And it's Betsy. And you don't find a bag with a hundred grand in it just lying around the house. And the stepsister I knew wouldn't think twice about screwing over a boyfriend and making off with a handy bundle of cash.
8: I know it's hard for you to believe me, but it's true. I have absolutely no memory of doing these things. I've been set up. I'm begging you. Can you please help me?
5: I can pay. I'll double your usual fee. Tempting, but no thanks. Don't do me any favors. And I don't want to know where you got the money. You get my standard fee with an upfront retainer. Here, sign this. Thank you so much. You won't regret this. I already regretted it. I couldn't believe that I was falling for a story. I never knew an honest moment from anyone in that family. Why does she think that I would believe her now? Why do I feel compelled to do what she asked? That was the real mystery. I pushed my doubts aside. I was on the case. She handed me back the signed contract here you go. I'd like to get a clearer picture of the facts. Take me through everything that happened at the bear's house. Well, baby bear and I had agreed to meet at his place for breakfast. He had a new porridge recipe he wanted me to try. He loves to cook, you know. It figures that my sister would attach herself to some young cub who'd wait on a hand and foot. When I talked to him, I'd have to set him straight about who he was dealing with. But when I got there, nobody was
8: home. The door was open, so I went in and I saw three bowls of porridge on the table. I figured that Baby Mare must have had to go out or something. So I went in to sit down and wait. At first, I couldn't get comfy. I tried his dad's chair, but it was too big and rough. So I sat in his mother's chair, but it was just too soft. I need more support, you know. I'll bet you do. Huh? Uh, nothing. Go on. Anyway, I sat in BB's chair. I call him BB, And his was just right. While I was there, I thought I might as well try some of his porridge. I nearly burnt my tongue on the first bowl. It was so hot. The next bowl was practically frozen, but the last bowl was just right. So I ate the whole thing. Now, I know this stuff is very healthy, but I still find it kind of bland. I think it would be very nice if it was a little sweeter, you know? Look, Drizelle, or uh, Goldilocks, I don't need a whole food review here. Just tell me what happened. That's just it. I don't remember. The next thing I know, the cops are pinning my arms behind me, and Papa Bear is yelling at me, and before I could explain, they hauled me off to the slammer.
5: So the last thing you remember is eating a bowl of porridge. That's right. Can you get me out of here now? Sorry, that's not my call. Pretty sure they'll let you out soon, though. If you've got the lettuce to pay me, you can make bail. Croissant, we're done.
7: That did not take long.
5: You got a minute? I'd like to pick your brains. Sorry, just a figure of speech. I mean, can I ask you a question? Did she really have a bag with a hundred thousand cash on her?
7: Oui, c'est vrai.
5: Okay, uh, vrai. I said it.
7: No, I I said it's true. Uh, We arrived to find Papa Bear roaring about how uh, she was a burglar and a thief, and he had no idea where she found his money.
4: Our little Goldilocks was passed on the floor, with her hand wrapped around the paper sack with one hundred big ones inside. Seems an unusual thing to carry that much
5: cabbage in.
7: Uh, No, it was not cabbage. It was folding money. Oh, is this another one of your figures of speaking? Yes?
5: Yeah, very good, Croissant. You're picking up when I'm laying down.
7: But you are not laying down. You are standing right before me.
5: Never mind. Goldie claims that she blacked out and doesn't remember anything between sitting down to a breakfast of porridge in the bear's house and having the cuffs put on her.
7: Do you think she is being truthful?
5: Not really. Really? Say, where's Pinocchio? He could set things straight in a jiffy.
4: Thought he was your little sidekick these days. Anyway, he's not on till the afternoon shift.
5: Don't know why you're wasting your time. We've got the goods on her. Goldie could be lying, but I know her and her lies are a lot slicker than I can't remember. Besides, I have a paying client and nothing more important to do, so I think I'll snoop around a bit. Oh, I know what that means. You're going to be stirring up muck and making our work difficult.
7: I am not so sure you want to be poking around in Papa Bear's business, Madam Pitsy. He runs with a dangerous crowd.
5: Really? If that's the case, I'm surprised he called the police in.
7: Actually, it was a neighbor who heard the disturbance and called it in. I got the distinct impression that Papa Bear was not too pleased to see us.
4: His place is a flippin' mess, he's missing a lot wad of cash, and yet he doesn't want to press charges. Bloody typical.
5: So Papa Bear didn't call the police, but Drizelle, er, I mean, uh, Goldilocks wound up holding a big bag of evidence. What was he up to? Fishier and fishier. Something was nagging at me like there was something I should be remembering but couldn't. I decided to keep moving. If it was important, it would come to me. I pulled my coat a little closer as I approached the cottage. The wind had scattered the autumn leaves along the walkway, and they crunched under my feet. My next course of action was clear. I had to talk to Baby Bear himself and get his side of the story. No one Goldilocks's history with boyfriends, I figured he'd be pretty young and inexperienced. I hoped I wouldn't have to hold his hand through the questioning.
6: Yeah, can I help you?
5: Uh, uh... Baby Bear?
6: It's my name, don't wear it out.
5: This was Baby Bear? He was a knockout. Tall, fit, and very handsome. Not what I was expecting at all.
6: You could call me BB. Who are you and what do you want?
5: Uh, uh, Betsy. Hard up. And I'm here to ask you a few questions.
6: You a cop? I already talked to the cops.
5: I'm a private dick. Goldilocks hired me. Says she was framed. What do you say?
6: Look, she may be a dumb blonde, but she isn't dumb enough to double-cross Papa. I don't believe Goldie would do something like that.
5: I'm pretty sure that she is totally capable of doing something like that. That blonde hair isn't real. So who do you think is pulling the strings?
6: Why don't you come inside so we could talk? Papa's out right now and we shouldn't be seen on the steps. I mean, what kind of host would that make me?
5: Beebe opened the door and led me into the kitchen. Place was a mess. There was broken furniture, chairs all up in it, and spilled porridge and dishes everywhere. BB righted a chair, and I sat down. I squirmed around, trying to get comfortable.
6: Uh, that's Dad's chair. It's probably a bit big on you. He's a big guy and needs a, a strong chair. A pipsqueak like you needs something a little softer, I guess. Here, try this one.
5: Whoa! What's this chair made of? Quicksand? Uh, g- give me a hand, will you? I'm gonna sink without a trace. Uh, no sweat.
6: <sighs> It uh, looks like Mom's chair is broken. Here, try mine.
5: <sighs> this one is just right.
6: I'll just stand. So, what can I tell you?
5: I'd like to hear your version of the visit with Goldilocks yesterday. Walk me through it, step by step.
6: Look, I told this to the cops. Can't you just get the story from them?
5: Sorry, I'd like to hear your version. Reading the case file isn't the same thing.
6: Fine. Well... Goldilocks and I have been seeing a lot of each other lately. That gal rings my bell. I'd invited her over for breakfast. I made my famous healthy porridge as usual. I like mine with a little milk and some blueberries, and Goldie likes hers with honey. Lots of honey to tell you the truth. I tried to talk her out of that. Tell her she's sweet enough already, you know what I mean?
5: Sure, that's Aldred uh, Goldilocks. <laughs> Sweet as a pie.
6: Oh, pie's even worse. Nobody needs that extra sugar. I mean, you gotta look at my cousin Winnie.
5: A Pooh?
6: <laughs> he hates that nickname. <laughs> anyway, too much honey and it puts on the pounds. I stay away from it. Gotta keep in shape. Which is why I agreed when Papa suggested that we go out for a walk before the meal.
5: What, just before Goldilocks was gonna show up?
6: I figured we would be 15, 20 minutes? Goldie could wait for us inside, but when we came back, the place was a mess, and Goldie was lying on the floor. Papa was furious. He got in first and found her. Mama was so upset, she had to go upstairs and lie down.
5: So Papa was the first to see Goldilocks. Was he angry because she came in when you were out? Did he think she was a burglar?
6: Burglar? Couldn't be. He's seen Goldie lots of times. We've been talking about opening our own business. We want to start a new kind of store where we only sell food that is healthy.
5: So Papa knew Goldie because you two were going to open a... a, What would you call that? A a health food store?
6: Yeah, that's it. A health food store. It's a great name for it. We're working on getting some investors. Say, would you be interested? You got a head for marketing.
5: I know it's healthy, but I don't have that kind of lettuce. But it strikes me that 100 Large would go a long way to get a business up and running.
6: Between you and me, he's been splashing the cash all over. He probably would have given it to me, but we didn't want to start our life using dirty money. Uh, that is, the, I, I, I just wanted our company to be clean and above board. You know, I mean, I, I could have gone to the bank to get a loan.
5: Relax. I told you, I'm not with the cops. So you don't think Goldie took Papa's money? No way. So where's Papa been getting all his recent cash? And if he says he'd never seen it before, how did Goldie wind up with it?
6: Look, I don't know anything about that. I don't have anything to do with Papa's business. That's why I'm not going to him for seed money. Hey, uh, can you give me a hand with this table?
5: I got up and helped B.B. flip the table upright. It was sticky and I looked down at my hands. Yuck. Looks like Gully must have spilled some honey and it was all over me. Typical Drizella. She makes a mess and I wind up covered in it. I walked over to the sink to wash up and the sunlight was shining through the window. Was it my imagination, or was the honey glittering? What was going on here? Glitter or sparkles in Fairy Tale City was usually a sign of magic. I touched my tongue to the honey, and whoa!
6: Hey, are you all right? You look a little shaky. You sit back down, and stay there. Someone's coming up the walk.
5: I sat. Just then, Papa Bear came in. He had to have been the biggest, most menacing guy I'd ever seen. He dropped his briefcase by the door.
2: Hello, Papa. Beebe, uh, who's your little
1: friend,
2: then?
5: I'm Betsy Hardup, private dick, and I was just leaving.
2: Right. Uh, a word of advice afore you goes. Sticking your nose where it don't belong is a very dangerous thing to do.
5: Yeah, I'd heard that. My problem is I can't tell if my nose don't belong till after I've stuck it there.
2: Yes, that's a problem, all right. Maybe not your only problem and all.
5: No maybe about it. I uh I think I'll take my nose on home now. Thanks for the chin wag, BB. I had planned to check in with the bear's neighbor, the one who had called the cops in, but first I wanted to see my good friend Aurora. I was careful not to wipe the honey off my hands. If anyone can help me figure out what this stuff was, it was her. Hello, Betsy. So good to see you again. What brings you by? Hey, Rory, uh, you got a minute? I've got another one for you. I found some honey that seems a bit hinky. It sparkles, which makes me wonder if there's some magic involved. Which makes me wonder whether it's something like that apple that took down Little Boy Blue. Which makes you wonder if I'd take a look at it for you, right? If you have a sec. Sure.
3: Where's the sample? Right now, it's all over my hands. Yuck! Uh, Let me just scrape some off. This stuff is sticky with a capital stick! Ah, Now let's see. Yep, this is the same stuff. The same stuff as what? You are the second person today who has asked me about this. In fact, your darling stepmama brought in a sample of it this morning and wanted it tested. What a coincidence, huh?
5: Sure, if I
3: believed in coincidences. Well, I can't be sure until I test it, but it sure looks the same. Let's go back to my office. I have some equipment there. Magical testing equipment? Well, that and my coffee pot. It keeps me percolating. So what's Stepmama doing with that stuff? I have no idea. The Baroness isn't the type to chat with the help. But I could tell right away that it wasn't like the stuff in the last case. This isn't illegal magic. So this stuff is kosher? It is fully licensed good magic that someone has been able to fuse with regular honey. I'm trying to analyze what it will be able to do, but the spell seems to be a fairly innocuous, general-purpose, positive-feeling spell. Kind of like coffee! So it just puts people in a good mood? Well, it's a little stronger than that, but that's the general effect as far as I can tell. What I find interesting is the honey. It's special honey? From magical bees? The bees aren't magical. But whoever put this together managed to use honey to distribute magic in a way that can be mass-produced quickly and easily. This could be used to spread the spell around faster than casting lots of different spells on everyone. I've never seen anything like it. And you're sure this is the same stuff Stepmama brought in? Oh, yes. Well, 99 and 44 one-hundredths percent sure. I'm going to run a few more tests on it, and I'll get back to you. Thanks. I'll get back to snooping. Oh, Betsy, whoever came up with this is both very clever and quite powerful. It seems to be good magic, but stay on your toes. And wash your hands when you get home. (laughs)
5: Back at the office, and with clean hands, I sat down to review what I had learned so far. This glitter honey thing was getting to me. I was seeing it everywhere. In fact, I thought I'd seen some in the hallway, but it turned out to be just a few sparkles. Seems like the fact that Biggie was in jail had not slowed down the criminal activity in fairy Tale City one bit. And with Biggie out of the picture, there was room at the top. If crime really does hate a vacuum, maybe Papa Bear was filling that space. Maybe that cash was his, and when the cops arrived, he used Goldilocks to deflect their suspicions. And one more thing. Why did my darling stepmama refuse to help her darling daughter? And what was she doing with a sample of glitter honey? Okay, that was two more things.
0: Looks like someone has fallen on hard times. After messing up my daughter's chances with the prince, getting everything we, I mean you, always wanted, you chuck it all aside for this hovel. Unbelievable.
5: And it's nice to see you too, Stepmother. I'll give my decorator your opinion. And this is not a hovel. It's an investment. This neighborhood is on the way up.
0: Well, it's the only direction it could go. It could hardly fall any further. Look, I'm not here to fight with you, Ella.
5: Of course you're not. And the name on the door is Betsy.
0: Oh, I saw your little sign. But changing your name doesn't change who you are, Cinderella. I came to tell you that you can drop this case. There is no reason to keep helping Goldilocks. What? What do you mean? It's all been sorted out. The police understand now that dr- I mean, Goldilocks was framed, so they've released her. You are welcome to keep the retainer. I'm sure you could use the money, but I'm telling you there is no more need to stick your nose in any further.
5: Why were the charges dropped?
0: Papa Bear withdrew his complaint. He claims that his son had given Goldilocks the money, and while he was angry with his son, it means that she is entirely innocent.
5: Really, entirely innocent.
0: Well, of theft. Both of my real daughters are beyond reproach. Unlike a certain step.
5: I should get that. It might be important.
0: Oh, for heaven's sake!
5: Hello, Betsy Hardup, private. Oh, hey, Croissant. What's the story, Morning Glory?
7: Morning, Betsy.
5: Sure, sure. Ask away. There's nobody important here right now. Well, I never. Pins didn't show up for a shift. Uh, no, he's not here. I-, I haven't seen him all day. I hope nothing's wrong.
7: I perhaps, you some more.
5: Yeah, that must be it. He uh, got delayed somewhere. Is that all you wanted?
7: Yes, that is all.
0: Finally. How rude to interrupt.
5: Say, Croissant, I had a question for you. Might as well ask it while you're on the blower here.
0: This is absolutely...
5: What was it again? It's been bugging me for a while now. Just on the tip of my tongue. Hmm! Oh, yeah, I remember. Did you ever find out where Papa Bear got that sack full of cash?
7: No, oh, no, we do not. The boss said should focus on Goldilocks.
5: The boss? You mean Ivan said that you should drop looking into Papa Bear and focus on Goldilocks? Why would he do that?
7: I do
5: not know, the boss. Sure, yeah, he must have had his reasons. Well, uh, thanks, Croissant, and I hope Pins shows up soon.
0: You are a very rude girl! Taking a phone call in the middle of our conversation? What do you have to say for yourself?
5: So Papa Bear dropped the charges, eh? Not really a surprise, considering he didn't want Goldie arrested in the first place. What is a surprise is that you came here. Goldie said you refused to help her. That's why she called me.
0: It seems that all of my daughters bring shame upon me. It's bad enough that Goldilocks is dating the son of a small-time gangster, but ending up in jail is an embarrassment to the family, up with which I cannot put. I could easily have swooped in and saved her from her poor choices, but what would that have taught her? By leaving her to deal with the consequences of her actions, I was showing her that I loved her.
5: Sure, and I remember what that kind of love felt like. Did she come back to you on her knees, begging for forgiveness?
0: I said I did not want to fight. Goldie has learned her lesson. She has promised to move home and end this this infatuation. It will be in your best interest to pretend the whole thing never happened. Keep your nose where it belongs. In the... CINDERS!
5: She swooped out of the office. A warning like that just makes me want to leave my nose right where it is. And why not? Things were really starting to smell. Why did Ivan call off the investigation into Papa Bear? And what was stepmama's role in all this? I decided it might be a very good idea to tail my dear stepmother and see what she was up to. I opened my office door slowly to see if she'd gotten enough of a start. I noticed the sparkles again. Maybe it was because I'd been thinking about Stepmama my past life, but it suddenly hit me like a ton of bricks. I knew where I'd seen those sparkles before. I started down the hall, following the trail, and then wham! Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the fist heading right for me. Ah! And then the lights went out. I woke to find myself tied to a very familiar chair. It was the just-right chair, and I knew right away where I was. The bear's house, in the kitchen to be specific. I looked up into the face of Papa Bear.
2: You have made some important people very unhappy. We doesn't like people sticking their noses in where they don't belong. All right, what did you do with it?
5: With what? My nose? It was in the middle of my face last time I checked.
2: Look here, smy pants. I knows you left this house the other day covered in honey. I saw your handprints on the table, didn't I? So quit messing me about. How much do you know?
5: Who is we? And where did the hundred grand come from?
2: None of your Coswarp kid. You're playing with fire. And the sooner you cuss up the goods, the better. You may walk out of here with all your fingers still attached to your hands.
5: Slow down, Pops. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure, I got a little sticky when I helped B.B. with the table, but I just went home and washed my hands. So what? I mean, it's just a little honey, right? What's so important about it anyway?
2: I'm asking the questions here, and I doesn't like your answers. Looks like I'll have to bring in me secret weapon.
5: Papa went into the next room and returned with a small, raggedy-looking figure. It was Pinocchio! That explained why he hadn't been at the police station. I had to play my cards very carefully.
2: Now then, Pinocchio, I reckon our little friend here is lying through her teeth. Do your magic, mate? Sure, Papa.
5: It looked like pins had changed sides on me, and he sounded odd when he spoke. Pinocchio had always been a bit wooden, but now he sounded like a robot. And he was looking at me like I was a stranger. What had Papa Bear done to him? I had to think fast because my little lie-detecting friend was about to spill the beans. Things were going sideways, fast.
2: Now I'll ask you again. What did you do with it?
5: It went down the sink. It went down the sink. Uh Uh-huh. Both Papa Bear and I had our eyes on Pinocchio. His nose didn't grow. Phew. I had dodged a bullet there.
2: If you was half as smart as you thinks you are, you'd be eh, pretty smart. Well, I reckon I won't kill you yet, but you ain't going nowhere any time soon. I can't have you screwing up the biggest deal of the century. I gotta uh, think uh, what to do with ya. Uh, mm. Knowing
5: Papa Bear's brain power, this might take some time. Suddenly, he stood up.
2: Ah-ha! Uh, you know.
5: Then he sat back down again. I tried to wiggle free of the chair while Papa was distracted by thinking, and then he stood up once more.
2: Ah-ha! Uh, maybe not.
5: I can see this thinking thing is wearing you out. Uh, Why don't you untie me and I can give you a hand?
2: Ah-ha! I got it!
5: Papa suddenly grabbed a knife and headed straight toward me, grabbing me tight so I couldn't move.
2: This is real clever, and it'll fix you as good and proper.
5: I figured this was it. No secret weapon could save me this time. I was going to be cut to pieces by a giant bear. Not exactly a fairy tale ending. The knife slashed down! And to my surprise, it missed my body and cut the ropes tying my hands to the chair. But before I could even feel the relief wash over me, Papa hauled me to my feet and opened the door to the basement. He tossed me down the stairs and into the dark. Whoa! Oh! Ah! Ah! A second later, Pinocchio landed on top of me. Oh I heard Papa lock the door. So this was his clever plan. Lock us both in the cellar until he thought of what to do. We might be here a while. It took me some long, frustrating minutes groping around in the dark, but with the help of some light coming in through a tiny window up high on the wall, I finally found the light switch. I went over to Pinocchio. He was lying still and staring straight ahead, a tangle of strings and wooden limbs. I got him up into a sitting position and slapped his face a couple of times, but there was no reaction. I sat down beside him. What a pickle I found myself in. I had poked the bear, and now I had to pay. Ugh! Hey, what's going on? You just got tossed down the stairs by Papa Bear. You landed right on my stomach. You don't remember? Remember what? Last thing I remember, I was... W- going to your office. My office? That's
4: right. I had some time before my shift to the station, so I thought I'd stop by our offices to see if you wanted to get lunch. The next thing I know, here I am. No idea how I got here or who brought me. And, oh, I cannot tell a lie. I ate your donuts. What Donuts. The box of donuts outside your door. Honey glazed. They were delicious. And so pretty.
5: I couldn't help myself. I was just going to have one, and before I knew it, I had eaten the whole box. So someone had sent me a little present of Glitter Honey Donuts. Must have been delivered while I was at Aurora's. Pinocchio had come by, seen those donuts, eaten them, and overdosed on Glitter Honey. That's how we ended up here. Through terrible timing. Those donuts were meant for me. Yikes. I really have to get out of here and find out who's at the bottom of this before someone else gets hurt. Like me. Pinocchio, I think if you give me a boost, I can reach that window. Come on! Right. Uh, okay. <coughs> uh, <Ow>. uh, <coughs> <Ow>. <coughs> Got it! I'm out! What's up there? Uh, it's the side yard. Uh, there are some trees that can give us cover. Here, uh, give me a hand. Just grab my strings. I reached down and hauled Pinocchio up and out. It was a good thing he wasn't a real boy. Those strings made it a lot easier.
4: Ow, watch it.
5: We collapsed onto the grass and looked up at the stars overhead, catching our breath. I rolled over onto my front and saw a set of really large feet. It didn't look like my day was gonna end well. I looked up into one of the scariest faces I had ever seen.
1: Out of the frying pan and into the fire. Or in this case, out of the cellar and into a fright. How does she get herself into these messes? (laughs) She was just trying to help out a sister. Well, a stepsister, but still, her heart was in the right place. Like the poet said, no good deed goes unpunished. Will she be able to get out of this pickle? And who did Betsy see in Papa Bear's yard that was so scary? Find out in the next episode of the Fairy Tale Mysteries radio show. All That Glitters Part 1 was performed by Frannie Warwick as Betsy Hardup Sidney Mason as Goldilocks Ruby Day as Pinocchio Samantha Andrews as Officer Crumpet Jeff Christensen as Officer Croissant Melanie Mercer as Aurora Caden Chad as Baby Bear Adrian Junkin is Papa Bear. Drew Hart is Stepmother. Hello, I'm your announcer, Christopher Hall. All That Glitters Part 1 was written by Norma Rushton and Mike Balzer based on a concept by Alex Balzer. Directed by Mike Balzer. Editing by Hannah Christensen. Music by Timothy Tucker. Vocals by Chelsea Rose. Sound effects and Foley by Chris Cuttress. Costumes? Yes, we do have costumes and radio, and they are by our dream team, Judy Sipson, Linda O'Donovan, and Chris Roberts. The Fairytale Mysteries radio show is produced by James T. Nelson and is a covid fund project from Fraser Valley Musical Theatre. This season of the Fairytale Mysteries radio show has been made possible by the generous financial support of Metro Vancouver. Thank you. All rights reserved.
2: If you produce audio dramas, it obviously isn't to become rich and famous. You love the medium and you want to share your passion for theater of the mind. The Mutual Audio Drama Network is looking for you.